This is the AM640 Afternoon Drive Show on Talk Radio. AM640. The Ontario Amber Alert Program is a voluntary effort, and it involves broadcasters like us and law enforcement agencies and government ministries. When a child goes missing, the information goes out to the public. Lately, it's been somewhat confusing, the Amber Alerts. We've been getting some misinformation because of the system they're using, and there was a a call and a very vocal call, we've discussed it here on the show, to make some changes. We're joined now by Sergeant Pierre Gauthier from the OPP. He's the Amber Alert Alert Coordinator for the OPP. uh, Thanks for being on the show today. Oh, you're welcome. So yesterday you had a big discussion. Uh, There was a panel that was assembled at the OPP headquarters in Orillia to discuss what should happen with regards to the problems that we've been hearing and seeing with the Amber Alerts as of late. First of all, let's go back to the beginning here. What's the process that leads to an Amber Alert being issued? Well, there's a set of criteria that uh, an investigating police agency must uh, meet when they're investigating uh, an issue where you know, a child is, you know, may come in initially as uh, as missing, but then subsequent investigation may lead them to um, determine that there was actually an abduction, or it may come in immediately as a, as an abduction, depending on the set of set of circumstances at, at that time. So, um, and and that's what sometimes leads to a bit of a delay because if it doesn't come in initially as a possible abduction, and then there has to be a bit of an investigation, uh, you know, to meet that criteria, then that can cause some delay. But ultimately, once that criteria is met, then a request is made um, through the OPP duty office to issue an Amber Alert. And, you know, your success rate has been really great. Between 2003 and 2012, Canada has issued 64 Amber Alerts involving 73 children. A total of 70 were recovered safely. So nobody is questioning the fact that this Amber Alert is so important and it's such a good thing to have uh, as many eyes and ears uh, looking for these kids as possible out there. The problem came with the misinformation that was coming out due to the Amber Alert system. Maybe you can go back and tell us how the old system worked and then how you have decided you're going to revamp the Amber Alert so that we won't run into problems where we're getting some misinformation. Well, the old the old system utilized, um, it still utilized the, the National Alert Aggregation Dissemination System, um, but that system fed... Uh, to the uh, the broad TV and radio broadcasters, um, and prior to March 31st, 2015, the information, the message rather, was not broadcast intrusive. So the the broadcasters would pick up the message, and they could then distribute the message as they see fit. And sure, we'd just read them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the CRTC made a change, and it wasn't just for the Amber Alert system; it was for all emergency broadcasts. Uh, and that change came about as, um, on March 31st of last year. And uh, it provided us with the ability to make that broadcast uh, broadcast intrusive, that, that message broadcast intrusive. So uh, we input the message, and then we would uh, send it out. Um, what do you input it on, uh, Sergeant it, it, Groce? It's, it's called, it, it's called the, the National Alert Aggregation and Dissemination System, and so the NAD. That's, how, that's the, the acronym for it. So you're typing out the message, you get the information, you type out the message and hit send, like you would with a, a you know, you're typing out a text. Yeah, and that's and that's just one of many different platforms that we'd use because we'd also send it out on Twitter, we'd send it out on Facebook, we'd send it out on SMS messaging, um, and we'd even send it out on the wire. So you, even media was picking it up in a different, a couple different uh, methods as well. So um, 
again, the whole whole concept was, was the fact that there's redundancy built into it in the event of a failure of one of these systems. And it's technology. It, it's very plausible. Yeah. And, um, and we had problems with the fact that, you know, one of the uh, GTA instructed radio listeners to call September 1st, 2001, uh, which is supposed to be 911, if you see anything. So, I mean, there were problems with that. And people were talking, we discussed this on the show. People were saying, you know, I can say things into my phone and Siri knows what I'm saying. Why is this technology getting it wrong and we don't have a lot of time or it was just becoming noise to people and they were thinking uh, you know then we don't have a communication because people are becoming frustrated with it so what changes have you made well it's not and it's not us because we don't own the NAD the NAD is owned by Palmerx Communications and it's uh, utilized by uh, Ontario Emergency Management and we have access to that system so it's not our system Um, we don't we don't make any changes on it we've just uh, um, the steering committee, which actually runs the uh, Amber Alert program in Ontario, has made recommendations, and Pelmerax themselves, you know, they identified that there was a, a clearly an issue, and because the the method how it still uh, still works today, because the changes have to get final approval, is that if I were to input a uh, a text message, the into the NAD, it gets sent through the NAD distributed in that text form to all the broadcasters so it's it's the equipment on that your radio station mm-hmm. and every radio station has had to purchase that actually converts that to speech so it, it's the equipment on that end and because the, the the variables of the the type of equipment the setup of the equipment um, the quality of the equipment it, it creates a number of variables in the output um, Pelmerex identifying that as an issue has now uh, changed the system or is in the, in the process of changing the system. And this is what requires the the authorization because it's there was an agreement put into place uh, last year on how this process was going to work. Well, now they're changing the process ever so slightly, but it still requires an amendment and then an approval of that amendment. Okay, so it's not gone through yet. No, but it, it's it's imminent. It, it's at any point in time. It's just final approval by uh, the provincial government. Okay, so couldn't we just pick up the phone? <laughs> it's a pretty important thing. I know people are sitting there yeah. going, "What? Well, another approval? We've got to jump through hoops." But what is go- I, I, what is going to be the change? Ultimately, what will happen is that as I I type in my message. Yep. So this is for, for me, and this is for any uh, alert, you know, weather alert or whatever. Anyone that has access to this system can type in their message. Uh, then. There's an option there to create a voice file. Yep. The voice file is, is is created, and then I can preview the voice file, listen to it, check it for clarity, check it for spelling errors, um, and then if you know if something doesn't sound right, I can go back, change that text, remake the voice file, and listen to it till I'm 100% satisfied. Then I hit send. And now it goes through the NAD. It's being received at your end, right. already in voice format. And and already been, you know, vetted, if you will, for, for clarity and for quality. I know that we're, we're talking to Sergeant Pierre Gauthier, who is the Amber Alert coordinator for the OPP. Sergeant, I know people are in their cars right now thinking, well, isn't that a no-brainer? Why didn't they think of this in the first place? You know, I went to Ryerson for broadcasting years ago, and one of the things we had to do is, you know, do your work and then listen to your work again and check it. So it's amazing to me that in a system like this, that fail-safe wasn't in place. And I think that it's uh, it's comforting to know that that is being adjusted. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing. So it, it was an unfortunately um, 
you know how the how the uh, the issue was identified, um, but it, it has been identified. It's in the process of being fixed. Nonetheless, um, the Amber Alerts were still successful, and again, that goes back to the redundancy that I mentioned that we have a number of different platforms in place to spread that message. Mm. You yeah, know, you know, I, I think people are, would would argue with were they successful because there was some misinformation whether to you know uh, whether it was the car that or where it was the car that they were driving. And I'm not, I'm not definitely. Well, I, I, I would, I would say successful because the child, the children absolutely safely. So I, sure. I don't know how they could be deemed non-successful. Right, and I, I get that point. I'm just talking about the misinformation that was in there. Um, and and at, once again, I don't want to make it sound like I don't, uh, I'm not happy that the Amber Alerts exist. I think it's a very, it's a good thing you're doing and I applaud you for, you know, being involved with it. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to ask is I know you're changing the technology somewhat. You've got a, a um, you're working with the, is it the CRTC you're working with? You're working with a telecommunications uh, group to try and get the message out to smartphones. Can you tell us a bit about that? Again, that uh, I think that was um, that was from the MTO. They're talking about, or I'm trying to remember who was speaking. Or then that might have been uh, Paul Temple from Palmerx Communications. Again, you're we don't we're not involved in the technology piece of it. We just utilize the technology that is made available to us. Um, the OPP doesn't get involved with any of that, but our partners that help us and that's the, that's the whole concept of this is that it's a number of partners involved in this process sure it's a big job and um, yeah and they're, so they're the ones and i think uh paul temple mentioned that from palmerex communications that those are things that are that are they're looking at coming down uh, you know down the road at some point is that you know we can i think you know i don't want, i'll paraphrase him a little bit sure. but he mentioned you know they could you know use it utilizing a map and a you could you know, determine a specific area on a map, and then it would just it just pushes the information to all cell phone users in those areas, and, and obviously that would be something that have to be set up with the various uh, cell phone service providers. But you know, we're, we're constantly looking at different methods of spreading the information, um, and that's the thing. We're always developing new partnerships. Um, and creating more eyes out there, I guess, ultimately, that's that's the goal. And so as new technologies develop, we're going to be exploring those and seeing what's viable, what's going to work with our system, um, and, and, and obviously what's going to be timely. You know, if we can yeah. find something that's even quicker, that's great. If something seems like a great concept, but it's going to take too long, then that may not be something we're going to explore because if it's going to take, you know, an hour, then there's not beneficial. You're losing vital time in finding a child. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being on the line with us and uh, answering some questions. I kind of put you in a corner a couple of times there, but I, uh, you know, okay. it's I, I have to, you know, w- I have to ask the questions that I think people in the car are wondering. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and I, I get that, and, and I guess um, you know, even though they're in the car, I know the messages in the car on the radio were not crystal clear. Um, again, because of the number of platforms that we use, and if they're driving around the GTA, you know these messages are coming across uh, the MTO signs. And so maybe, obviously, if you hear something on the radio, it may cue you into the fact there's something going on, and, and initially that message may not have been clear. But, uh, you know, if there's a passenger in your car, they can utilize uh, their cell phone to, to check Twitter. They can look at the, the roadway signs. You know, so there's so many other um, uh, you know, ways to get the information. mediums that we're utilizing that, the radio is not going to be the only way. I know, but it is the best way, Sergeant. 
Speaking, I, I uh, speaking and, and on I, the radio, it is the best way. Yeah, and that's uh, <laughs> and that's why we're looking at improvement. Right. I think that change is going to, you know, it'll it'll be in place very very shortly, and and. Uh, and we're so, all happy about that. I mean, I couldn't be more pleased that you're going to adjust that and make sure that the uh, the NAD system is working and up and running. Sergeant, I'm going to let you go and have yourself a good weekend. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Cheers. That's Sergeant Pierre Gauthier. He's the Amber Alert coordinator for the OPP. They've made some changes. Now it's rest with the government. All I have to say is just hurry it up, guys. The adjustments have been made. Just check it off and send it through because there's a lot of kids that uh, depend on the Amber Alert. The AM640 Afternoon Drive Show. Listen live. Weekday afternoons from 4 till 7 on AM640. Or download the app at 640toronto.com.